0: Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Hey, I've learned a couple brand new things. You know it's always good to be continually learning, but um, one of the, or two of the things that I have learned is that um, you are not supposed to say Happy New Year after the 7th of January. So I guess I just broke all protocol by saying Happy New Year on the 8th. Why? The second thing, <laughs> the, I don't know. I just, I just heard that this week. Uh, the second thing I heard this week, and I am a Colorado native. And I've never heard this, you are supposed to keep your Christmas lights up until after the stock show. How do you people know this? I've never heard this. Did you guys know this? Some of you did. Others of you are like me. You had no idea. Uh, Just so you know, we are in super trouble because our lights went down the day after Christmas. So I broke that. I'm sorry I did not know. Uh, my wife and I will have a serious discussion about next year. Um, now, in all honesty, our, our lights go up like November 1st, so <laughs> glad that you are here. Um, uh, we, uh, I have a couple quick, or actually just one one announcement that I want to bring to your attention, and as many of you know, if you've been coming to the church any time or length of time uh, one of the things that we like to do is just experiment with different things and, and try different things and see if the, the Holy Spirit's behind what we're, what we're trying to do. Um, and so uh, there's been something that's been kind of burning on my heart for the last probably three or four months, maybe even longer, um, but I'm going to kick off this the uh, Wednesday, the 18th of January, with a, a special discussion um, on hot topics and um, I've been praying about, okay, so what, what does this look like, Lord? And I felt like the Lord told me to actually bring it to the, the family, to the Shine family, and invite you to come and help shape what this would look like. Um, I think the Capital C Church struggles when it comes to hot topic issues in our society, and we don't do a very good job of actually having healthy conversations, bringing the Word of God into those conversations, and really getting perspective from both sides of the table and then taking the word of God and applying it and bringing it into those discussions. And so my heart and my hope is that once a month we could get together as a family and we could come and actually bring up different hot topic items and actually have really healthy discussions where we get everybody's viewpoint a full perspective of that there's a there's a channel in town of, that does news and it says they do 360 degree reporting but it's that's just not true they pretty much do 180 degree reporting but they just cover all of that if that makes any sense i would love these conversations to actually go 360 60 degrees, to get into both sides of a subject matter and actually talk about those things and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us through his word in how to navigate that. Because church, here's what I believe love my heart. Until we get good at having conversations like these inside of the church, how are we going to bring any love and grace out into the world? And so um, <laughs> I want your help. Um, I really felt like the Lord said, invite whoever wants to come, and the first meeting on the 18th is going to be, how do we shape this? How do we create something that will be very healthy, very life-giving, and yet also uh, where both sides of an issue would feel comfortable coming and bringing their thoughts and their ideas and then ultimately, how do we make sure that the word of God is, is what leads and directs us in those conversations? So, go to shinechurch.life events. And let us know if you plan on being a part of that. My hope is that everybody would love to be a part of that and, and forming and shaping that. Um, we already have several people that actually signed up just from last night. So uh, I know that there is some um, interest in that. So if it is of interest, again, shinechurch.life events. Sign up. Let us, let us know that you're interested. Um, and then Wednesday from 7 to 8.30 on the 18th, we're going to um, just pray and then invite Um, discussion in regards to how do we accomplish this in a very healthy uh, family atmosphere. Amen? I have no idea what it's gonna look like. It scares me to death but I'm super excited about it because I think it could be really really good. How, How cool would it be if actually people from our community started to hear about this and actually came and actually could bring perspective that maybe none of us would have i just think that would be amazing so i hope you will join us on that uh one other quick thing uh by a show of hands and again everything's just an experiment we tried an experiment last weekend and that experiment was to actually do an online service for new year's eve and new year's day so just show of hands how many of you actually went online and listened to that message Okay, pretty pretty good group of people. Uh, thank you for letting me know that. If you didn't hear that, um, I, w- I would strongly encourage you, go online and listen to that. Um, the, message, uh, the message was good, I think. I think it was a word from the Lord to help us enter into a new year. Uh, but the second half of the message, I actually recapped everything that took place in 2022 at Shine Church. Uh, one of the things that we want to do is get better at letting you know all of the great things that have happened at our church. Many times we will tell you about something that's coming up and then we um, either forget to do the follow-up or maybe you weren't here that weekend when we actually gave a follow-up. And so um, I, took, I actually told Marcus to give me a 15-minute timer and I actually went seven and a half minutes over because there was just so many good things that happened last year. And so I just wanna encourage you, jump online and, and give that a listen. Um, my job today... Is to introduce um, not just a series, um, but we got together as a teaching team, uh, and even in our staff uh, collaborative meetings, um, we just really sense that the Lord is calling us uh, to something fresh and new this year. And as we talked about this as a teaching team, we actually came up with a theme, not just for a series, but we believe this is the theme for the entire year. And it's simply called Come With Me. And we're going to break it apart. Um, this introduction message is going to prepare, it's going to be, come with me, prepare the way. Uh, how do you prepare your heart to come with Jesus? Um, you know, if you read in any of the gospels, you very early on in the very first couple chapters, you're going you're to read about Jesus who's just walking along uh, in different areas and he comes along uh, individuals and he just looks at them and he says, hey, follow me. And it's amazing the response when he does that because these people are doing what they do each and every day and they abandon all of that and they go after him. And I actually got this thought in my mind, what if Jesus came in right now, interrupted me and said, hey, I just need to ask everybody something. And he came up in front of us and said, hey, come follow me. And then he walked off the stage and went out the door. Where are you? Would you be willing to go, I don't care what I've got going in my life. Would you follow him out those doors? And it's a difficult question, and it's an interesting one, but here's what I would submit to you. God is calling all of us to follow him, and he's inviting us to come with him And I am um, so excited about what we believe the Lord is leading us to as a church. And so as we were talking about this as a teaching team, um, here's just some of the things that kind of came up for this year. Uh, we believe that Jesus is inviting us to come with him. He's inviting us to follow him. He wants to prepare the way of our hearts. He wants to teach us and train us how to walk with him. Um, We're going to have a message about consecrating our lives and how do we make ourselves holy unto the Lord. We're going to talk about being whole. We're going to talk about repentance, which is a changing of our thinking and how we think about things. We're going to talk about fasting. I'm going to prepare you right now. I'm going to prepare you right now. In the middle of February, we are going to call the entire church to a 40-day fast leading up to Easter. And we're not gonna tell you what you should fast or how you should do that, but we're gonna call you to a fast. And so I pray that you would uh, be asking the Lord, what does that mean for you? Uh, Because I believe fasting actually opens the door for us to actually prepare our hearts to follow him. Amen? Um, And so these were just some of the things that that came out in our discussion with the teaching team. And so before I go into uh, where I feel like the Lord wants me to lead us for this introduction, I want to ask you a question. If you're brand new to Shine Church, once in a while we actually ask questions and we pass around a microphone. um, And we uh, believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to every single person in this room. And so it just opens the door for us to be equipped and trained in actually stretching ourselves and speaking out what the Holy Spirit is showing us and revealing to us. And so here's my question. In thinking about 2023, as a new year comes, it's always such a great time to kind of prepare our hearts and our minds for what the Lord is going to do for that year. I know some people are like, man, I'm just so glad one year is gone and I'm looking forward to the next year. And you're asking, God, what does this year hold for me? Uh, Maybe it's, what does this year hold for my family? Or maybe it's even, God, what are you doing in, in the church, in the body of, Christ and in the world. And so uh, I wanted to give an opportunity, what things are you sensing from the Holy Spirit that God is up to for this new year, for 2023? What has been processed and what has been mulling up in your heart and your mind about these things? And remember, please state your name.
1: My name's Maddie. Um, It's pretty cool, last night in youth, we've been sensing a word even over young people for the year, and it really go- coincides with this idea of come with me. Um, but it was this idea of covenant over culture,
2: hmm. and what
1: it looks like to when Jesus asks you, come with me, or lay this aside, um, this sensing from the Lord that He's asking us in a culture that's noisy and pulling us so many directions, not to compromise, even for the sake of people or friends, but to fully turn follow him so culture I think is a big part of that and it might look like turning away from culture to kingdom culture
0: covenant over culture is that how you said that that's great I love that somebody else that's really good (laughs) nothing as good as that there, there is though there's different thoughts different things Someone said last night that they feel like the Lord is calling them to memorize more scripture. And I thought that was just a really good one. What are some other thoughts? What do you feel like the Lord is stirring in your heart for this year?
3: I'm Aaron. Uh, the thing that's been in my heart is the concept of reverence. Ooh. And do my thoughts... Do my actions, does my prayer life, my requests, are the, do those come from a, a point of reverence? And, and the devotion I had was about the centurion, and I've always read that about his faith. that He, you know, he tells Jesus, hey, I need, I need some healing, but don't come to my house. I'm not worthy. And Jesus says, wow, your faith, that's amazing. He talks mm-hmm. about, you know, I tell a soldier to go, and he goes. And... But I, as I was reading that, I looked at it from a different perspective of the reverence to come. He was in a position, you know, in terms of the society as a centurion, a Roman soldier, they had a lot of authority, but he came under Jesus in a very reverent manner and a respectful manner and said, I'm not even worthy of you. And it just got me thinking about, do I approach Christ that way Do I in every aspect of my life? So that's, well, that's kind of well, for me right good.
0: Now. Well, that's good. Somebody
2: else. Uh, two major things for me this year. Um, one is... This um, is this is Bo, everybody. Bo. Um, one thing is um, just a deeper level of prayer and intimacy with the Lord, because um, I know you know from that place is where you walk in true victory and knowing Him. But then B, um, like 2022 was probably the hardest year of our lives. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed in the midst of it, like... Um, I don't know, I, I, I've done a lot of complaining and, and, and just a heart posture of frustration, but rather, um, you know, in the midst of the hard times, I'm learning that through, like, through suffering and through hardship is really where the greatest encounters with the Lord are. Like, you look at the cross, the greatest um, amount of suffering to ever take place, <laughs> to the greatest encounter available for all mankind. And you look at all people in the Bible, any person that ever did anything great, it was never from a glorious place that, they had these encounters, it was from a place of pain and suffering. And um, so, in the midst of the hard times, really uh, rather than complaining, like pressing in and, and embracing that fire and, and allowing the Lord to produce the gold in, in the midst of the tough seasons. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Whew.
0: That's really good, Bo. I, somebody said last night, um, kind of a similar testimony, but he said, um, Sometimes it feels like I'm being punished, but I'm realizing that it's God preparing. And I'm just like, oh, that's just such a powerful word. Somebody.
1: My name's Emily. Um, I feel that God is asking me to be more obedient this year, even if I don't see the end result or if I don't understand why. Obedience.
0: Obedience without even maybe understanding the result. It, it actually makes me think the thought that came to my mind while you're saying that is Hebrews chapter 11 in a, the Hall of Faith, and it says that they did these things even though they never got to see them. Yeah. Wow, that's that's obedience right there, which is amazing. And then DJ taught, man, probably a year and a half ago, but if you break that word obedience, it, it actually means in the Greek to listen. Um, and just taking the time to listen
3: to the Lord and, and speak from them is so good. Uh, We got one from the text. It says, I think God is calling me to deepen my faith and to test the things I learned as a child, to make my own relationship with God.
0: Wow, that's really good. Thank you for contributing. That's awesome.
1: Hi, my name is Alyssa, and on New Year's Day, the Lord woke me up with a dream, and in the dream, he showed me a bunch of ropes, and he was cutting some of the ropes, and he told me that this year... He was bringing a transformation that I was going to look different. And though there was cutting of some ties and some ropes that it wasn't going to weaken, it was going to strengthen. So trusting the Lord and letting <sighs> go of some hurts, some pains, some trials. Like Bo, it was a difficult season, but I believe that he's walking us into victory. So,
0: Amen. Oh, that gave me goosebumps as you we were sharing that. I think right here, yeah.
1: Uh, My name's Debbie, and the biggest thing I have felt like for this year is God's telling me that there's hope, because I actually, from three years of just, it's been garbage. It's just been stupid. Um, You know, it's just like, every time you turn around, it's just like, no, it's got to get better, and then, you know, it doesn't.
0: (laughs) And it gets worse, and And you're like, stop telling me it's getting better, because it's not...
1: (laughs) And I really felt like, and a lot of it did start with when we came on Christmas Eve, because we've been without a church family for about a year now, trying to find where we fit in. And it just felt like such a release of hope that I haven't had in about three years. Wow. And and, and, and it, 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 I felt like the, the hope had been gone. It just felt like every time, you know, you start to make a little progress, you get thunked on the head. <laughs> and. Yeah, I mean, I I would say that just 2023 is just a year of hope.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. The thought that came to my mind um, when you were saying that, Debbie, is... And by the way, this is the first time we've had an interactive service with you and you grabbed the mic. Thank you. That's absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, shyness is not my issue.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the thought that came to my mind, um, and I shared this with the pastor's group when we prayed uh, just on Thursday, is um, Lamentations 3, a very familiar scripture that actually says um, that in... God's loving kindness, that his mercies endure forever. And then it says, and they're brand new every morning. And so we, pr- we, we proclaim that and we speak that. It's super easy to say, and we think it's super encouraging um, to, to say that, and it is. But I want you to read the 20 verses in Lamentations chapter 3 before that, because it sounds like the guy is like, Jesus, you are playing whack-a-mole with my life, and, <laughs> and I don't like it. Uh, I mean, it's just just desperation and no hope, and that, and then he says, "Yet, through his loving kindness, his mercies are brand new every morning." Um, so it's just a powerful thing, and um, so I hope I hope that hope is something that many of us will take into this year.
4: Hi, I'm Rob. Um, as we prepare to make a pretty significant move this summer, um, what what God's really been putting in my heart is uh, Proverbs sixteen nine. He says. In a, man, in a man's hearts, in a man's heart, it, he plans his path, plan, makes his plans, but God directs his steps. And hmm, so, what God's so really been speaking to me: is you need to trust me to get you where you're going, where you're planning to go. Love that. And that's that's hard.
0: <laughs> uh, it absolutely is. Absolutely reminds me of scriptures like, "Seek first the kingdom of God, and then." you know and his righteousness and then all these things will be added unto us you know just the thing scriptures like that and actually i'm going to talk about that in just a moment is there another one from text? yes
3: another text um for 2023 being bold in my faith especially in the workplace it is my first time interacting with people that openly condemn christians so asking the holy spirit to give me words to say in those moments
0: Oh, I love it. All right, um, here's, I want you. Uh, I want to just equip and train you a little bit. Did you guys catch the momentum that just took place? Okay, I asked the question, um, kind of hard to get some responses, and then one or two people were bold enough to step out and, and speak something, and then all of a sudden, it opened the floodgates. And if you are sitting here this morning and you're saying, hey, I, maybe I don't have something for 2023, well, grab a hold of one of these things. Ask the Lord if, if there's something about the hope or, or just entering in and understanding that maybe troubles bring in, you know, the proclamation of God. And, um, so just invite him to come in. But also, I want you to grab a hold of this, that when you are bold enough to speak out, um, maybe when everybody else isn't, it actually opens the door for the Holy Spirit to begin to move um, in an entire room. And this could happen in a workplace, it could happen in your neighborhood, it could happen in your family. And so I just want you to open your heart to the Holy Spirit to challenge you um, this year. Maybe step out in boldness, in in courage this year, um, in the things that the Lord has for you. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, again, I'm introducing this idea of coming away with Jesus, coming with him. Um, And really the heart, and I don't know if you've heard this um, terminology before, but the real, the heart is this. I want to take people from a confessional theology and I want to bring them more into a functional theology. And what are those two things? Confessional theology is what just happened with Rob and I in the fact that there are certain scriptures and certain things that we know are are true. For instance, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto us. Um, If you've been in church any length of time, you've heard that taught, you've probably proclaimed that, you've said that. That confessional theology. What you are saying is, I believe that if you seek God first, his righteousness, then all these things will come unto us. The problem is that what we confess a lot of times, what we say we believe, we have a hard time bringing into a functional theology where we actually live from there. Does that make sense? And so the whole heart, if I could sum up what I think God is calling us to this year, is to bring us closer to functional theology to what we're saying with our confession, so that they're together. So that when we confess something, we're actually walking in it and we're, we're living through it and we're living by it. Does that make sense? And I think this whole year, um, the, the Holy Spirit is going to begin to teach us and to train us and to show us how to do this. Now, with that being said, um, <laughs> we're kicking off the year with a doozy. So are you ready? here we go. We're going to pray first. <laughs> Holy Spirit, God, I pray that you would come in and that you would speak to our hearts. God, we, we want to be challenged by you. Um, we want to walk in a place where when you say, follow me, we would abandon everything and go after you. When you invite us to come with you, God, I pray that you would help us to realize that you are choosing us. I'm reminded of a schoolyard pick for some kind of a event. You choose us first. And the incredible thing about um, what you can do in the body of Christ is that you can make every single one of us feel like we're chosen first. Help us to realize that. Help us that you are asking us to walk away and follow you because you believe the best in us. Help us to understand, though, that when you choose us, there's responsibility, there's sacrifice, there's a reverence that was spoken of that we need to bring into that relationship. And ultimately, Lord, we then have to make sure that we choose you first. And so we thank you for choosing us. And Lord, I pray that you would put our hearts and our minds in a place where we would choose you, that you would be our first choice, no matter what we are facing. And so, Lord, I pray that right now as I communicate things that would hinder us from being able to do this, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to receive a very challenging word that you would communicate through me. And God, that any words that I speak that, that maybe I just don't say in the right way, that by your Holy Spirit, that you would compensate and you would, um, that you would change it so that it hits the heart the way that you intended it to hit. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, as I was praying about this, um, I actually felt like the Holy Spirit told me, I've been preparing you for the last three months about this. Um, And so, 1 John, if you guys remember, we did a series on 1 John. And every one of us, as part of the teaching team, we actually talked about the very last verse in that, that letter that was written. And it says this, little children, keep yourself from idols. In another part of the scripture, um, uh, Paul writes about the same issue in 1 Corinthians 10, 14, and he says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. And so um, as I was praying about this and asking the Lord, what, what are you wanting me to speak? Um, he said, I've prepared the way. I've opened the door in regards to um, revealing something that I think the enemy is trying to keep hidden. I'm trying to spring light. You know, the, the Christmas series was the light has come and the whole heart of it was that we live in a dark world but Jesus came as a little baby to light up the things in our lives. And he didn't come to light it up to condemn us or to make us feel bad. He lit it up in our life so that we could have freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom. God wants us to understand that. He wants us to walk in that freedom. And yet by just very our human nature, we tend to turn back to idols all the time. As a matter of fact, in Acts, Stephen, who is about to get stoned, one of the things he tells the people that are about to stone him is about a story about the Israelites and what, they, what the Israelites had done in regards to this concept of, of idol worship. And so let me give you kind of the backstory: story. Israel is in slavery in Egypt, God sets them free. Think about this. They cross the desert. They get to go through the Red Sea, the waters part. They go out. They see the sea come down onto the Egyptian shoulders. Not shoulders, soldiers. Um, And they get to see that. And and it says that, of course, the very first thing they do is they celebrate. And then I think the very next day, they started to complain. And they complained because they were hungry. I get it. I totally get it. God is challenged me to do some things with fasting this year. And so I, I, I fasted Tuesday and I was complaining a lot. And so I, I, I totally get it. They were hungry. Um, and so God supernaturally comes in and he provides these little wafers of bread on the desert floor every morning that they would get up. And it literally, if you look up the word, he, the, the Hebrew word for manna, it literally means, what is it? I'm going to stop for a second because my daughter, who was the star of the What Is It video on Christmas Eve, is actually here (laughs) from London, hanging out with us. So glad that she's home for a little while. Um, So good to have her. But um, they see all these things, and they get get to sense the presence of the Lord, and it scares them. So they say, Moses, you deal with the Lord. So Moses does what the people say. He goes up onto the mountaintop, um, and he's gone for how many days? 40. He's gone for 40 days. Now, in the scheme of things, is 40 days a long time? Not really. It's not really that long. I understand it can be a little lengthy, but it's not that long. And yet, in that 40-day period, the people are like, I don't know where Moses went. I don't know, think he's ever coming back. And so Aaron, create an idol for us so that we can worship Okay. It's human nature that there is something intrinsic in us from the fall that we want to go after something to worship. Because why? Because it brings comfort to us. And we're going to talk about this because I believe idol worship is something that hinders us from actually following the Lord. And I think it's the scheme of the enemy to try to keep this hidden so we don't think much about it. As a matter of fact, when I say idol worship, my guess is that the picture you see is some nook with a little Buddha and a candle and somebody bowing down to that. It's like a carved or uh, image that we we worship. That's the picture we get. And church, I'm here to tell you that that is wrong. I'm here to tell you that you and I are very idolatrous. Thank you for the one Amen. (laughs) This is rocking my world. Um, Marcus in the teaching team suggested I read a book called Gospel Treason by a gentleman named Brad Bigney. And I did in the end of November and through December and it is just wrecking me. It is wrecking me, it's revealing in me that man, there is a lot of of idol worship in my life. And so let's talk about what, what is an idol. An idol is an image or a false god. Dictionary definition, definition of idol is an object of worship, a person or thing that is greatly admired, loved, or revered. These definitions, these quotes I'm about to use are on the Uversion Bible app, so if you want to follow along or if you want to get them, they're there. You can hit save, and you can save those notes. Here's a quote from that book that I read. Defining an idol. An idol is anything or anyone that begins to capture our hearts, minds, and affections more than God. My prayer right now, two things. Number one, I pray that the Holy Spirit would start to reveal some idols in our lives. Number two, there's no condemnation, and I'm not giving this message to make anybody feel bad. I'm giving this message because I believe that when idols are exposed, God can set us free from them, and that brings liberty to our lives. Amen? An idol is anything or anyone that begins to capture our hearts, our minds, and our affections more than God. It's living on substitutes. It's exchanging the glory of the one true living God, his majesty, his power, his goodness, his promises, and all that he does in our lives. We substitute it for something else, for a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse, a job, Athletic achievement financial stability health or just an idea Well, wait a second my ideas can be idolatrous yes I, When I read this Because it took me so far away from a an engraved image into just my practical th- way I think about things And idolatry shows up in a million different places in our lives. As John Calvin said, the heart is a factory of idols. Okay, if this is true, if our heart is a factory of idols, I have to admit to you that I have not thought about idol worship hardly at all in my life. It's... I think it's the scheme of the enemy to pull it away from us, to make us not to think about it because he knows that if we actually start to ask the Lord to reveal these idols, then he will, and all of a sudden we can reveal them to the Lord and we can be set free. So his scheme is to keep them hidden so that we're not thinking about them. My goal today is to bring them wide out open into the open and get you ready to process those things because we need to do this in order to follow Jesus. If he's inviting and if he's chosen us and he says, come with me, we can't if we have things that are hindering us. Again, if he said, follow me and walked out the door, would you go? Or would you be thinking like the rich young man, I've got too much, I can't go. I'd have to give up too much. Man, those things are idols in your life. Amen. We were talking, uh, or another, another way he defined it is this, I, idolatry is false worship, living on substitutes. It's living your life with something other than God fueling your engine. What is fueling your engine? Is it God? Because if it's not, it's an idol. Okay, and now I realize I'm speaking in some really black and white here. And it's funny because he even addressed this in the book. And he says, he, he, he quotes a guy named Ken Collier and he says this, there are only two choices on the shelf. Pleasing God or pleasing self. We try to find the middle road. We want to do a little of each. Then he smits. Yet there are only two choices: following God or following an idol. All right, you guys okay?
4: <laughs> okay.
0: We were talking about this as the teaching team, and um, one of the one of the team members said this. Idols are anything you have to ask permission from or have to justify before you obey God and his word. You know, we're supposed to follow the word of God just with all of our heart. But if you have to ask permission to follow something, or if you have to say, is this okay, we can get into idol worship. Um, I spoke in that first John series, and I simply said this, uh, idolatry is enlargement of self. Okay? You're putting yourself before God. You're putting, um, in some cases, what your interpretation of this word is over what the Holy Spirit's interpretation is. We get into trouble a lot of times with things that we are even doing with the Lord. Do, do you know that Satan um, tempted Jesus by using the word? Okay. When he realized that Jesus was going to say, it is written, the very next temptation that Satan did is says, it is written. He used the word to try to tempt Jesus. I wonder how many times the enemy uses sections of the word to tempt us into idolatry instead of following the Lord. Man, that's tricky. What He can use the word of God to steep us with an idolatry? Yes. Because we're not grafted into Jesus and we're just following maybe what we want. We enhanced our perspective over what God's perspective is. All right. So here's, here's, I think I put it in your notes this way. Here's things you might say if you have an idol. And this is just some that came from the book. And then all of a sudden I began to realize God was speaking to me. And so I wrote some that I feel like God has told me that I've been saying. Um, and so uh, this is not an extensive list. This is just the start. But I hope and pray that it opens your heart and mind to this idea that we have several little idols in our lives um, because it did for me. It rocked my world. I began to realize, oh, my gosh, the way I think about things is very idolatrous. All right. So if you say things like, I shouldn't have to repeat myself. Okay. how How is that an idol? Well, how about this? If your kids need you to repeat something, why does that bother you? Because you think your words are more important than God? How many times has God had to repeat things to you? And so all of a sudden we're putting ourselves in, in the place of God and God has put you as parents of those children to actually be patient and speak over them at how many ever times you need to in order to let them receive what the Lord has for them. And if that upsets you, you might have an idol. <laughs> you guys okay? <laughs> I have like 20 of these. So, or maybe more. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, how about this one? You say, "I deserve a break." I let the Holy Spirit work on that. I must be well thought of. I, I, oh man, church! There is a huge idol worship of the fear of man. You have a struggle and you're afraid to do something or you're afraid to say something or you say things that don't line up with the word of God because you're afraid of how somebody's gonna perceive you or or treat you. That's idol worship. And I wanna challenge you. Who do you fear more? Do you know what it says that that the Pharisees, the Pharisees did a lot of the things they did because they feared man rather than God. These are the men that were supposed to be going after God with everything they had and they feared man more than God. Reverence, brother, reverence. I need to be popular. I need attention. You might not say that one, but you might act like it. Why do you need attention? These are, I'm gonna start planting little questions that you should ask, why do you need attention? I need people to think I'm attractive. I need time to myself. Uh, Man, these are tricky, because time to yourself is really, really important, and it's very, very valuable when it's done with the Spirit of God leading it. Time to yourself, because you just need time for yourself, is idolatrous. Holy Spirit, help us. Did you ever think these things were idols? Because I didn't, and as I'm reading through this, it's just like... (laughs) I need a lot of work. I need a pain-free life. I need pleasure in my life. He gave a really good illustration on this one. Uh, How about this one? Um, You have a man who loves the Lord with all of his heart, but he ends up struggling with uh, an addiction to pornography. And he begins to realize this is wrong. And so he, he begins to address the behavior of the pornography. And so he stops it. He pulls it out of his life. And he goes right into gambling. And so he starts to just gamble, and he gambles his money ways, and he's losing things, and he begins to realize, this is not from the Lord, I am losing a lot of money, and there's just not life into it. So he pulls himself away from the gambling, he feels good about himself, and he just puts all his time and effort into video games. And he just plays video games over and over and over for hours and hours, conquering level after level, and then realizes, oh my gosh, I don't talk to anybody in my life because I'm playing video games. So he pulls himself out of that, and he binge watches all kinds of TV shows. Okay, he's addressing behavioral issues, and the enemy loves this. The enemy is okay with us moving from one thing to another thing to one thing to another thing, because it's still all the same thing. What is the core? It's an idol of pleasure, and the second that the Holy Spirit will reveal to somebody, you have an idol of pleasure. You can go, oh, God, help me to realize that pleasure is not what live that i'm gonna live for it's not the thing i'm gonna change cherish i'm gonna cherish you and yes i know you have things that you want me to enjoy but i'm not gonna live or be motivated my life by that pleasure i'm gonna live by you all of a sudden that onion is taken out of our heart thrown away and we have freedom from that and no more do we have to deal with behavior issues we get to deal with the idol issue the enemy loves us dealing up behavioral issues And he hates the idea of getting to the core. And I'm submitting to you, you ask God to reveal the idol worship in your life, you will get to the core. Ooh, this is good, guys. I need to keep looking young. I don't know how many dollars are spent on that one. I must excel in sports. I must be a rising star at work. My spouse should meet my needs, okay, (laughs) the way I parent has to be right. I must retire early and comfortably. I must be free of financial worries. Man, these are good things. Man, it is good to be free from financial worries. But if that's where you put all your effort, time, and and mental strength, and you miss God, idolatry. All right. Somewhere in the middle of all these, God started speaking, and I started making up ones. I'm not going to tell you where the line (laughs) crossed. I must know the Bible more than others. Do you know some people go after the word of God? Um, and they try to pursue it so that they can just look wiser and have more information than other people, idolatry. I must pray the best prayers. My ministry or my church has to be the best. Do we deal with this in the culture we live in right now? Do you know how many churches have a church mentality instead of a kingdom mentality? that's idolatry our churches are operating in idolatry oh man that crushes my heart i'm, I'm glad you say that thank you <laughs> how about this my leadership has, style has to be right and this is the one god's working on me I feel like the lord has led us to do the church the way we're doing it very collaborative involving everybody Um, but i keep getting checked by the holy spirit make sure you keep asking me make sure you keep asking me because how many times can you get into something that is incredibly life-giving follow god in one direction and then he moves and you keep going idolatry the second he turns and you didn't now you're putting all your emphasis in that thing you're putting an idol in front of the lord we have to keep tech- checking in with the Lord and following him. Okay, et cetera, et cetera. I, Let the Holy Spirit give you other, other thoughts that you might say. But I hope it opens your heart and your mind to, oh, my gosh, idolatry is not a carved image. It's so much sneakier. I'm reminded of Mr. Deeds. DJ, you're going to be so proud of me. Quoting movies here. Mr. Deeds, you underestimate my sneakiness. Don't underestimate Satan's sneakiness, especially when it comes to this. Okay, all right. um, Things you'll do for an idol. You'll sacrifice for it. You'll spend time on it. You'll spend money on it. You will talk about it. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks, the word says. What are you talking about a lot? Are you talking more about God or about your pension plan? Are you talking more about God or what the last person on Facebook said? Where, where, where? Listen to your own words, it will reveal idols, if you'll allow it to. You'll protect it, you'll defend it, you'll serve it, you'll perfect it, you'll think about it all the time, you'll worry about it, you'll get angry when it you're held from it or that thing is messed with in your life, you'll build your schedule around it. All right, so these are some things that you'll do. These are some of the things that maybe you'll say. How do we expose these things? 1 Corinthians 4, 5 says this. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness. This is why Jesus came. And will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time, each will receive his praise from God. He will expose motives of men's hearts. Read that and went, oh my gosh, what's the motive? And I started to wrestle with, and God started to wreck, just wreck me, absolutely wreck me about this. He just started telling me, ask yourself or ask me what the motive is for what you're doing. I can't tell you in the last four weeks how many texts I've deleted. Not even bad text. These aren't angry texts. These are just texts that I've just written out. And I, the Holy Spirit has said, ask me why you're sending that before you send it. And I ask myself and I'm like, nope, that was for me, not for you. Delete, 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 delete. I've been asking So many different questions, and I'll give you some of those in just a minute, just to process, why am I doing what I'm doing? And Holy Spirit, will you come and expose the motives? And I got super excited about this, actually. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do a word study on motive, and this is going to set all of us free. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Let's go. So I get into the word, and the very first scripture that I think of is the one that James that says, you have not because you ask not and then you don't receive because you ask with wrong Motives. motive. Oh, that's got to be, there's the word. So I go onto Bible Hub, and I go into that section of the scripture, that verse, and I click on the Greek words. There is absolutely no Greek word that means motive. So if you actually read that in the Greek, it simply says this. You don't receive because you ask wrongly. We throw motive in there. So I'm like, okay, well, that's just a weird verse. So I start looking at verse after verse after verse where we put motive, motive, motive. Even this verse right here where it says, it will ex- God, he will expose the motives of men's heart. That is the only verse that I could find that actually motive is said in the Greek. But do you know what it actually means? It's only used one time as motive. The other 12 times, it's used either as purpose, plan, or counsel, And so what got me so excited because I was thinking, okay, we could just look into motive, began to open up this huge thing where I think we have put the word motive in English, which simply means this, a reason for doing something, especially one that is hidden or not obvious or causing or being the reason for something. So why we do things. I think the interpreters of the Bible have put in the motive word to help us to understand that whether it's something that you are asking for wrongly, he put, they put in motive so that we can see, okay, the wrong motive. It's, it's this idea of whether it's the purpose in our life, the plan in our life, the decision in our life, the counsel of our life. It's used in the word wrongly. It's used sick. Like, you can have a sick motive. You can have an impure motive. You can have a pure motive. Your thoughts can be motivating. You can stir up. That's where we put Motive where you stir somebody up. There's so many different aspects to what we have just filled in with motive. And I would submit to you this, that all of these things that that we've put motive to, God would just simply say this, if you just choose to follow him, the reason you do things will be right. And you'll have the right counsel. And you'll have the right plan, the right purpose. You'll make the right decision. You won't be sick. You won't do things wrong. You'll do it with purity. You'll do it with the right thinking. It'll stir things from the Lord up in you. You won't do things because of the flesh or the world, but because of the spirit. You won't do things selfishly. You'll do them unselfishly. You'll be moved to do things right. You'll do it with love. You'll have the right heart. You'll have the right mind. All of these are the words that the Bible uses with motive. And I would just simply say, church, if you just graft yourself into Jesus, you know what? He said, come with me. Why did he say that? Because he knew that if we go with him, then when we do whatever we do, we'll do it for the right reason. I would submit to you this, that as the Lord reveals to you some of these idolatry things in your life, that maybe those are the areas where you just haven't brought Jesus into your life. You haven't picked him in those things. Okay, so... All right, I want to do something real quick. Um, Interactive section real quick. When we do interactive in... The, the church, when we ask you to speak, when we pass around the microphones, um, one of the things I feel like the Lord has, has asked me to start asking myself is, um, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I say what I say? I just quickly want to get response from people that have grabbed the microphone from time to time. What, what is the reason? What's the motive you grab the microphone? And don't be afraid now.
4: Anybody? Hi, I'm Eli. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, the reason why I grabbed the mic is because um, just throughout life you realize that when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, um, you might be able to reach others and touch them in a way that you have no idea um, how you're touching them, but, you know, God needs you to say what you need to say to get through to them. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Hi, I'm Jasmine. I guess it's pretty similar because I tend to be an introvert. So coming here, this
1: like my way to try to, I don't know, be part of things and like go with God and not be afraid to shine through him and let it be known to other people that I'm
4: not ashamed to do that.
0: Love that. Okay. Letting him out right next to you.
4: Hi, my name is Kaylin, And I think because God wants us all to put our minds together so that we can come as one and praise him all together and put all of our minds together and just so that we can all, like, if we have a different thought, then we can just bounce off of others and then we can just open our mind and like reach things that we could never fathom.
0: That's good. That's really
4: good. I've, uh, <clears throat> my name's Ed. I have a desire in my heart that I want, um, People to walk deeper in their relationship with God. Love that. I am not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and nothing is more powerful than the testimony. And I always, when I say something, I'm hoping that that reaches out to someone else to, just to give them a string of hope. Love it. Okay, so because people are hurting and if someone can share in testimony what they've walked through, someone could be sitting here and saying, you know what? I'm going through that right now. or I've gone through that. And amen, God is good. That's good.
2: Thank you. That's so good. Um, I just want to honor the Lord and um, also just, you know, sowing seed in hearts and believing that like, you know, some sow, some water, but, you know, the Lord gives the increase and just honoring that verse, you know. Just honoring him. That's really good. Um,
0: Yeah, through the text line. It says, I like to hear other people's perspectives, so maybe some people would like to hear mine as well. Oh, that's really good. Okay.
3: And sometimes when I think of something, I feel like it's the Holy Spirit kind of prompting me to say what is coming to my mind.
0: That's
4: very good. Okay. My name is Tyrone. Um, I felt like I heard something from the Holy Spirit that said that we have to be aware and careful of of admiring people who have an idolatry Uh, somebody who uh, has a strong idolatry towards something and then we admire that and then then we start engaging in that idolatry
0: mmm okay that's good hi my name is Dan and I like to grab the mic because I think my opinions are really important and I want to be heard. <laughs> Listen, when you ask the question, the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal to you what, what your motive is. And so will you be bold enough to ask question? Okay, so we're going to go here. This is going to either fall flat on its face. Well, go ahead. I'd love to hear this. Yep. <laughs>
2: just a, just a really short one. I guess for me it just when I hear other people in the congregation share it just really solidifies or makes things very real. Yes, right? Because they're not paid to say that. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> 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 Fair enough. I say that with all due respect. because
0: like, uh, That's, that's I, good. I love, I love that. That's what I love about the teaching team that we have. We have four other teachers on this team that aren't paid to say what they did. All right, I'm going to change the question, and this is going to either fall flat on his face, or it could be really good. Those of you that do not grab the microphone, why? What's the motivation for not speaking out (laughs) you don't even have to state your name
4: (laughs) well my name's Karen (laughs) Uh, a lot of times I'm watching other people and I feel like well they have to talk and they they oh they have to talk so I just kind of let them do it and I don't want to you know uh Interfere, I guess. Okay. Or there's the other reason, too. Sometimes I can't think of anything to say.
0: Okay. That's <laughs> <Not best>. fair <laughs> enough. Good. Somebody else. I know I'm, I'm stretching you guys right now. I totally I get it.
4: Hi.
1: Um, my name is Sarah. Um, I think for me, it's, it's fear and being an introvert and often thinking, which is fear is an idolatry. Um, and also... Thinking that other people have maybe more important things to say which again is is the is Satan's way of saying you're not good enough which you says maybe not that important I don't know That's
3: important. <laughs> yes
2: uh, I don't really want to say this <laughs> so <laughs>
0: Uh, I didn't want to
1: Uh, and it's an idol I guess I don't want the limelight and uh, maybe that's pride I don't know but uh,
3: that's all I have to say don't want
0: the limelight it's good it's good
4: Brittany, um, I have a lot to say in my head, and I'm always telling Eli, oh, da, na, na, you know, next to me, but I think I don't want to offend anyone or say something wrong. That's it.
0: It's really good, and it's really true, and I totally, totally get it. Yep.
2: We've got a couple that to come in online. One is that because our textures
0: are going nuts on this yeah, one. Yeah, go yeah, exactly. figure. <laughs> <laughs> One is because you're scared that your point won't be valid or it won't be as powerful as the other people's. Uh, One is uh, condemnation and fear. That's really good. Anybody else? I'm going to hang out here for a minute because I realize this may be the only time I get you to ever grab the microphone. (laughs) Anybody else? You just like to listen. Okay, love that.
3: Everyone, I do grab the mic sometimes, but I think sometimes I don't, or if it's questions like this, it's about vulnerability. It's hard sometimes to be vulnerable with people you only see one day a week. That's good. That's really good. All
0: right. Um, Obviously, for those of you that just grabbed the mic and said that, thank you so much. And I think, um, I think, you know, even as you were saying it, you realize that this church loves you we love each other and i don't think i've ever had somebody say something that that was dumb or wasn't received well or it's and nobody is a limelight person It's just, all of those things you know what the enemy just wants to set us all free from that because we truly grow when we interact with one another we we grow better and deeper in relationship with all that. But here's the main emphasis for both of those questions that I really hope that the Holy Spirit reveals to you. When you asked yourself that question, why do I speak in the mic or why I don't, I'm willing to bet God gave you a reason. You might not have grabbed the mic for it, but I bet you the Holy Spirit told you why you do or don't. And I bet the Holy Spirit gave you an understanding of that. And now what you need to do is take that and go, okay, God, is that honoring you or not? And then submit yourself to honoring him in whatever it is you're going through. And so I will conclude by simply saying this. Here's some things that you can ask yourself to really kind of help you through this process. Now, I get this, and I'm praying for boldness and courage because some of these things are incredibly difficult to ask. But if we're going to follow Jesus, if we don't ask these questions, we'll be hindered in being able to say yes to him. Yes? So ask yourself, where is this coming from? Where's this text coming from? Where is this... um, attitude coming from? Where is this feeling coming from? Ask yourself, where is it coming from? And I believe the Holy Spirit will be quick to let you know. The enemy is trying to get us into idol worship. I think God, through his Holy Spirit, is trying to pull us from it. And I think that that's why God, or the enemy tries to keep it disguised. Let's expose it. Amen? Because when it's brought to light, we can get freedom from it. Somebody asked me, well, are you going to pray prayers of deliverance? I don't know if we need to pray prayers of deliverance because if it's revealed and you can remove it, you're delivered. Okay. Um, ask yourself this, what do I turn to as a refuge or comfort instead of God? Just get a journal out this week and ask yourself, what do you turn to? When you're struggling, when you don't know what to do, and, and you're like, oh, I just need something, do you grab your phone and go to Facebook or Instagram? Seriously, am I getting too real? Or do you go to God? I go to Candy Crush. I'm just being honest with you right now. <laughs> I seriously, I, I will play an hour of Candy Crush. My wife is nodding her head. What, what do you go to? What am I willing to sin? What am I willing to sin for in order to get? Ask yourself these. Why am I so demanding? Why am I so demanding? Parental relationship, spousal relationship, work relationship, why are you so demanding? I'm willing to bet there's an idol in there. Let the Holy Spirit expose it, and then maybe you can lead from a different heart. Why am I punishing this person? Guys, these are wrecking me right now. Because if you start to really ask these things, the Holy Spirit is so good to begin to reveal these things to you and begin to set me free from these things. It hasn't been fun. It hasn't been fun. But man, is it so good. Why am I expecting so much from this person or this thing? Why am I expecting this? Why do I have this conflict? Ask yourself these questions. Now, here's the truth. Um, some of these things will be exposed to us, and we'll see those right away. Others need help. And so I will, this is the last thing I promise. Will you be so bold to get involved in a relationship with somebody and ask them some questions? This one's tough. And I can't make you do this, but I'm I'm begging you, (laughs) try it, try it. Get with somebody and ask them this. What do you see me running to instead of God? Promise you people around you that love you will have a couple things they can tell you. Idolatry. Um, Where do you see a demanding spirit in me? What do you see me clinging to and craving more than God? ask somebody these questions. Where do you see me wanting something so badly that I'm willing to sin to get it or willing to sin if I think I'm going to lose it? These are in your notes. I would would strongly encourage you, get with somebody that you love, that loves you, and ask them these questions and see what comes out. And then let the Holy Spirit reveal to you because If we will let him reveal it to us so that we can remove it, we put ourselves in a place where when he says, follow me, we're like, yep, I'm there. Because you've already recognized that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, Obviously, a ton of stuff. Um, I just want you to know, this is where we believe as a teaching team, we're going. We're going to come follow the Lord. And our teachings are going to be pointing to how do we prepare our heart, and then how do we walk with Him, and then how do we take the next step to go to deeper and deeper. Hey, listen, this isn't an overnight thing. I do think God can speak quickly to motive and can speak quickly to why are we doing certain things, so start asking that right now. It may truly, absolutely help you, but we are going to commit ourselves as a teaching team to taking our church through this process of, of going after God. And ultimately, we know he chose us first, so let's choose him first. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving me um, your spirit. Um, this is a difficult message, and Lord, I lift up anybody in this room, if there's any condemnation or any anybody in this room that is um, feeling bad about themselves, Lord, I I pray against that right now. I pray you would comfort them and you would encourage them and just tell them how much you love them. God, This whole message was was from a heart of love and the fact that I believe with all of my heart, you don't want any one of us to be hindered from being able to follow you. And so Lord, we pray as a body of believers, as a family, we pray that you would expose any idolatrous relationship that we have in our lives. Reveal it to us so that we can repent of that and we can remove it from our hearts and our lives. Because God, I know this. Your heart's desire for us is to have freedom. And idolatry binds us. So bring freedom to us, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for doing these things. Thank you for revealing these things. And God, thank you that you care for us so much, that you love us so much, that you won't leave us where we're at. And so help us to mature this year. Help us to be uh, people that just look back at 2023 and go, man, I was able to get rid of some idols that year. No matter what happens in our life. And we were able to expose those things and remove them. Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Amen.